Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Okay, before I get to my next guest, John Patrick, I want to remind you about our friends over at Two Under. Two Under Men's Performance Briefs have just released their new Spring and Summer 22 collections with fun, new, and exciting prints like the Freedom 2 and 3, Santa Fe, Tigers, Zebras, and Duckies. And their new exclusive Folds of Honor collection, where they donate 20% of all Folds of Honor sales proceeds to that cause. The patented Joey Pouch technology delivers maximum comfort, fit, and performance while preventing any unwanted skin-on-skin contact or chafing. Good for anything from the golf course, to the boardroom, to the bedroom. You can find these two underperformance briefs in over 4,000 golf pro shops nationwide, all Shields sports stores, all PGA Tour superstores, Golf Galaxy, Dillard's, and other fine retailers near you. You can also order them online at twounder.com. That's the number two, U-N-D-R.com. Two Under, performance in your pants. Use code NEXTT20, that's N-X-T-T-E-E-20, for a 20% discount on the Two Under website. Also want to give a shout out to our friends over at Golf Pride. In golf, light grip pressure releases power. Golf Pride engineered a secret the pros know. A larger lower hand encourages lighter pressure. Plus 4 technology is designed with four additional layers, which reduces tension in the lower hand to generate more power. Play Plus 4 and release the secret the pros know. Now available on Tour Velvet, the winningest grip on Tour. Grip confidence, grip Golf Pride. Okay, now back and next on the tee with me is the host of the Augusta Golf Show and the morning show on WGAC in Augusta, John Patrick. I would venture to say that nobody knows the Masters Tournament, the course, and the impact it's had on golf history better than John does. John hosts one of the best golf radio shows on the planet, and I don't mean that just for during Masters Week. I mean year-round. It just doesn't get any better. And I've got more than just my opinion to back that up. When COVID protocols reduced the number of people and shows getting credentials for the press room at Augusta National, one radio show, one, was there, and it was John and his show. And that's all you need to know about how great John and his shows are. He's also been the master of ceremonies for the mayor's master's reception. He's also served two terms on the board of directors for the local Ronald McDonald House. And I'm excited to have him back with me again tonight here on Next on the T. Hey, John, how are you, my friend? Hello, my friend. How are you? I I couldn't be better. You, you, I get to talk to Eric Johnson, Frank Novello, John Patrick, and Susie Whaley tonight. It's uh it's a night that's good to be me. You know, um, in listening to Frank, yeah, we all know that originally Augusta National was uh, the front nine was the back nine. But you know, when he said that, it for the first time I really thought, geez, what if the the tenth hole was your first hole of the golf course and the 12th hole was the third hole you played um it it, it made perfect sense to flip the nine but i did just 10 thinking of 10 being the very first hole you play on the golf course wow um I, that's my favorite hole out there i, I there's that something right? about that golf hole yeah the strategy of that golf hole 
There's just something about it. The fact that you got to keep it down the left side. If you go right, you just, the second shot just goes on forever. And, and I'm speaking from a, not from their perspective, but from the perspective of a seven handicapper, um, to just play that golf hole is pretty special. But to your point, if you had to play 10, 11, and 12 as your first three holes on the golf course, by the time you got to 13, you might be wanting just to leave the golf course. Like you, you're, you've been beaten to death for three holes. That would make it very tough to want to play the fourth hole. Well, it, 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 it speaks to why they probably did the nine holes that way. Um, and, and then had the decision probably having to do with the final holes of the nines, uh, of flipping them around. But, um, you know, I just, I, I hadn't really thought about that until Frank said it. I really hadn't. John, one of the things we've been talking a lot about tonight is strategy on 12. We've seen so many guys lose their opportunity to win the tournament at the bottom of Ray's Creek on 12 because instead of hitting their tee shot over the bunker and onto the green, and that worst-case scenario, dumping it in the bunker, either the front bunker or the back bunker, figuring you're probably going to then, at worst, take four and move on, and they're going for it on the right-hand side. We saw Cam Smith have an opportunity to make a Sunday charge after making one of the rare birdies on 11, but then it all went away when he hit it into Race Creek at 12. What's it going to take for players to realize if I'm going to make a charge on the back nine, it's probably not going to include making birdie on 12 unless I just get lucky or make a mistake. I got to take my three and hope to continue the charge on 13. I, I, I wish I had an answer for that. I don't know. I mean, there have been 86, 86 Masters, 11 of them have been won by two guys who just put it over the bunker. I, I don't know what it's going to take to uh, to tell them that. And I don't, not having spoken to Cam and not really seeing anything post-round, I, I, I don't know if that was the shot he wanted to hit. I don't know if he pushed it. Um, I have not seen anything about that. You don't do that. I mean, you don't. And, and, and. Tiger reinforced that three years ago. Just hit it over the bunker. Make your three. It's it's hard to explain, Chris. You really get a sense of the width of that green, not when you're playing it, but when you then walk over to the 13th tee and you kind of look back at it and you really see just how uh, narrow that shot is. Um, again, and here's the other thing about it, and you don't really hear a whole lot about that. It's 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 the green on the golf course with the least amount of grass. It, 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 where it's, where it is, where it's positioned in those trees, it, it just always isn't the fullest, fullest green you're going to play. I just, I don't know why they don't hit it over the bunker. I truly don't. I understand why Scotty did what Scotty did because Cam did what he did. But, um, and Scotty got a great break. I, I, I don't have an answer for that. I wish I did. Uh, I, I don't know why on Sunday you're right. You're not just make your three and go play 13 and 15. Right. John, we saw Tiger grind it out for four rounds. And, and to me, the fact that he shot 71 on Thursday and made the cut was a win. But we know Tiger isn't out there playing ceremonial golf, just glad to make cuts and stuff like that. What, what do you think he walks away from the experience, obviously struggling on the weekend? Was it too soon? Does he take anything from that? What, what do you think he walks away with? 
you know, I always thought through this process that he would do all that he could to come back and play here one more time. If he didn't play anywhere else, he was going to try to play here one more time. And, and essentially, Chris, that's what he did. Now, we got all caught up in, in, in how well he would play and what he would do. And, and even him saying, and, and the, the guys with, with whom he played in practice rounds, you know, he's hit that really good. Um, he, could, he, could, he could contend here if he could get through the 72 holes. You know, what I saw, what I thought I saw was uh, a guy who hurt more and more each day. I thought he kind of was manufacturing a swing. I thought it was interesting that, you know, it, it was a lot for him to get to eight in two. As I watched him hit tee balls with his playing partners with Joaquin, he was kind of always behind Joaquin. But again, he's 46 years old. I, I didn't get a sense of a contender. I didn't get a sense. It, yeah, what is it? Maybe it was too soon. But, you know, something in him, he wanted to do it. I would not be surprised if he does not play in the PGA, if he does not play in the U.S. Open, and he just and he goes to, to St. Andrews for the 150. wouldn't surprise me at all because, frankly, at the beginning of the year, if he were going to play again, that's how I saw him playing. I saw him coming back at St. Andrews. John, Augusta National has added length on some of the holes this past year. They added 15 yards to 11. So he's playing 520 now as a par four with some trees removed down the right-hand side. They added 20 yards to the 15th hole. This was the first time there were no eagles made on that hole since 1965. They added 13 yards to 18. Do you think the added yardage played, you know, made the course play the way they wanted it to play? Was it good yardage? Was it bad yardage? You know, I think that was, that was a question we were asking in the media center on um, Sunday when nobody was making an eagle. Was this what they wanted? Was this what they wanted to have happen on, on Sunday? No one making an eagle on 15. Was this what they wanted? Um, I did hear a couple of the golfers say, as far as 11 was concerned, they would like to see them lengthen that tee so that they could vary the yardage depending on the conditions. You can't underestimate what Saturday was like. Saturday was brutal. Saturday was nasty. So, you know, in the, it, at the end, yeah, yeah Scotty, Scotty shot 10 under, but frankly, Scotty shot 12 under. So Scotty shot, you know, three under each day. Um, I think they like that. I think, and I, and I do think, I do think, to their credit, that the changes on 11 and 15, not so much 18, on 11 and 15, did make a difference. I, you just saw more players, uh, you know, hitting third shots on 15. You saw how tough, how tough 11 played. There were even, I thought, more people hitting third shots on 13. And, and that's kind of the, the next hole in the crosshairs. I, I think Fred Ridley is, is really, really reluctant to do anything to 13. I, I just think he thinks that's so iconic. He can, he can fickle with 11 there a little bit, but you don't mess with 12, you don't mess with 13. Um, and, and I wondered, I wondered how they viewed how 13 played this year. Did it, did it satisfy them enough? Sure. A lot of people, a lot of people got on the green in two, but a lot of people, you know, we're hitting third shots or, or off to the right. I've, I've always been an advocate on that hole of moving the tee down a little bit and to the left, forcing those guys to hit that tee shot out to the right. Um, I, I do think, I do think even that kind of distance changing made a difference this year, although it would have been interesting had Saturday been a typical day. 
John, you say don't mess with 13. But a few years ago, right, they bought the 10th hole from Augusta Country Club. And I think everyone sort of thought the next thing that was going to happen is they bought that land for a purpose. They're going to lengthen 13. They're going to move the tee back. But nothing has happened over those years since they bought it. What's the purpose of, of buying up that land other than moving the tee back? They bought that land for infrastructure. They had a medical incident um, at 11 a few years ago, and they realized they could not get emergency personnel out to 11. So they bought that land as an infrastructure. They now are able to move all around the golf course, even back behind 11 green and, and, and 12 and 13 tee, so they can have access to that part of the golf course at a moment's notice. doesn't mean they won't move 13. They, they they can do that, but that was not the reason they bought all that land. Oh, uh, okay. John, with respect to 18, I've never seen so many players hit it in the trees, either down the left or down the right side of the fairway, as I saw this year. I mean, that tee shot was already, to me, one of the most intimidating that I've ever seen on tour with the tree branches hanging over the fairway. The chute is very narrow that you have to drive the ball through. Now you move that tee back 13 yards. Now it's even more narrow to get down that chute. What are your thoughts about what they did to, to 18? Well, just keep in mind, just because they move a tee back 13 yards doesn't mean they use all of those yards. Um, I'm not sure they used them at all this year. It's just it, television doesn't do it justice. As narrow as it may look to you on television, it's much more narrow. Um, I, I, I just think, much like 12, I just think we've got players these days who, you know, are trying to hit the fade, and if you push it just a little bit, those trees come into play. I think Scotty double-crossed himself. Um, you know, I, it, it, you just have to be careful when you hear of some of the things they do. Just because they do it doesn't mean they're going to use it. It means they have the option to use it should they see fit. I don't think the weather conditions this year allowed them to do that. John, one more before I let you go. And I know on your show, you recently got to spend some time with Roger Mulpey, who has seen a lot over the course of his playing and broadcasting careers. What are some of the highlights from your conversation with him? You know, it's I, I, I've wanted to have Roger, Roger on the show for a very long time and just never really happened. And And when I read that, when you know when he was going to step away from broadcasting golf at the end of last year after the Ryder Cup, well, I thought that was it. I'd missed it. I've I've had about three or four people in the life of that show that I've just missed the opportunity, and I thought Roger was one of them. When he came back, and he frankly came back because Bones decided to go back on the bag of Justin Thomas and opened something up for NBC. I picked up the phone. I got in touch with folks, and and Roger said yes, and and Roger. Roger told the story that he often tells. I had him on the week of the Arnold Palmer, and he has a great Arnold Palmer story, talking about being a young kid and um, watching Arnold play as a young child and then getting separated from his parents. And Arnold, while playing in a golf tournament, realizing this young man was separated from his parents, it brought him in under the rope to walk with him, knowing that anybody walking with Arnold Palmer would be spotted and his parents spotted him and, and, and got him back. Yeah. I've heard him wow. tell the story a lot. I've heard him tell the story before, but 
you know, I, I, he's never told it on my show, so that was fun. <laughs> right. John, before I let you go, let our listeners know how they can listen to you and all of your shows and then follow you on social media as well. Uh, Twitter, at Augusta Golf Show. And the website is AugustaGolfShow.com. Nothing too fancy, nothing too original, just pretty much to the point. Um, all of the conversations I have on the show are available on, on the website. And if they want to hear the entire show, that's possible, too. Uh, you know, Alexa will do it. Uh, it's, it's on the iHeartRadio app. As I say on the show, it's however you stream at home, you can listen to the show. Well, John, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule to come back and be a part of the show. You're always such a treat to listen to. You've got great stories and insights. I can't thank you enough. Chris, it's always good to talk to you. Frank said it earlier. You really are. You really are the nicest guy in this business. Um, thanks for having me. Oh, well, I appreciate that very much. Thank you, sir. All the best to you and your family. I look forward to catching up with you again soon. See you, Chris. See you, John. That's the great John Patrick. And again, folks, he, you know, he should be the godfather of radio because he is outstanding at what he does. His shows are absolutely the best. The Augusta Golf Show, you can find it online. And uh, I'm always tickled when I get the opportunity to have John as part of the show. He's a wonderful talent and a great person, and I can't thank him enough. Look forward to catching up with him again soon. A lifetime of hard work. Children laughing in the kitchen. Family photos on a restaurant wall. A legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation. Like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Is there chaos in your closet? Look, Blouse, you've got some nerve hanging there like that. I can't help it. I'm jammed in here next to this suit. Hey, I'm a three-piece, all right, which means I need a little more room. You've got a lot of attitude for a linen suit. I'm a polyester blend, sweetheart, and there needs to be room for men's clothes, too. Hi, I'm Christina, and in Artisan Custom Closets, we help families organize and simplify their closets with customized storage solutions. See what's possible for your home at artisancustomcloset.com and then call us for a free in-home consultation. 